So in the last two sessions, do you know Holy Spirit, we've talked about him being our helper, our comforter, and our counselor. So today I'm going to ask you this question. Do you know Holy Spirit's voice? First of all, in John 16, 7, Jesus tells the disciples about Holy Spirit being their advocate. In other words, he will support, advise, and speak on behalf of all that Jesus has said to them. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. Things that are taking place now is because they do not know the Father. They do not know Jesus. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? Well, they didn't ask him why, because they were so down. They were so depressed that he was going to leave them. But. Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. And unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, right standing, where you can see me no longer, and about judgment, because the prince of the world now stands condemned. The prince of the world stands condemned. We do not. The prince of the world does. And he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit, got, he is the spirit of truth. He will guide us into all truth. So, when you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you, in the latter days you will turn to the Lord your God and be obedient to his voice. If we don't hear his voice, if we don't know how to hear his voice, how are we going to be obedient to his voice? We need to hear. So, first of all, we need to discern what is from the Holy Spirit our flesh, because we do have thoughts of our own, or from the voices of the enemy and his demonic forces. We need to test the spirits by praying for discernment daily. Discernment is so important. We need to pray for that all the time. And 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not put faith in every spirit, but prove, which means test, the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God for many false prophets have gone forth into the world. And we do have, this is then about false prophets. Think of the false prophets that we have today. You know, things sound good. They're like, wow, that sounds really good. But is that what God is saying? Is that the Holy Spirit speaking to you? You know, we pray. And we ask for certain things. And then all of a sudden it comes real quick and we think it's God. It's not always God. 
Sometimes, you know, the devil hears your prayers too. And sometimes he just gets right in there and gives you what you wanted. But that may not be what God has given you. So we need to continually keep praying and seeking the Lord to what he has. And when I have um, a vision or a dream or a word in my spirit, I always ask the Lord for confirmation. We always need that confirmation. And if God doesn't confirm, I write it down and tuck it away until God reveals his message to me. I believe that if a dream is from God, he will bring the revelation without me trying to figure it out. We can try to work all this together and try to figure it out, but we can ask God for the revelation. Is this dream from you or did the enemy get in there? Because the enemy will get in your dreams too. The terrors in the night talks about it in Psalms 91. And you can say, no, I do not have any terrors in the night. There is no demonic forces that are getting into any of my dreams during the night. I believe first and foremost, the voice of the Holy Spirit is going to be in agreement with God's word. He doesn't contradict his word. So John 2.22 says, When therefore he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and so they believed and trusted and relied on the scripture and the word, which was the message that Jesus had spoken. The Holy Spirit will speak words of life that will bring comfort and revive your soul. I've had people tell me that God told them this, and I'm like, that's not the God that I know, because he wouldn't speak like that. He brings you comfort. He brings you and he revives your soul. Now, he doesn't condemn us. He convicts us. This is my comfort and consolation and my affliction that your word has revived me and given me life. That's Psalms 119.50. Your word has revived me and given me life. When we read his word, doesn't that give us life? Doesn't that revive us and refresh us? I love his word. And Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Jesus Christ who live and walk after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. They're not walking after the flesh. They're walking after the spirit. And that's where the Lord wants us to be. We walk after the spirit. We don't walk after the flesh. Our flesh always has something going on. <laughs> we always have our own desires and our own ways that we want but we need to walk after his desires after his spirit and we can look at things in the natural and be like well this is the way it should be but then when we see things in the spirit it's a whole different ball game <laughs> god is so faithful to talk to us Condemnation commands our minds to be tormented. The Holy Spirit's conviction imparts life into our spirit and gives us the desire to follow his command. So as we begin to draw near to God, he draws near to us. 
And Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts. True, honest, and sincere hearts. You want more of him? Draw near to him with an honest heart, with a sincere heart. God, I need you. I want more of you. I'm not satisfied with my life. I want more of you. I want it to, my life to be all about you and not about what other people think or what other people say or what I think. All about you. So let's take a look at some of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. First of all, through his written word. And 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed. And it's given by divine inspiration. That's why it's God-breathed. Think about, I think about the Gideons. You know, we had a speaker here with the Gideons. They set Bibles all around. And somebody that's never accepted Jesus goes into a motel or goes into a place. They open up that Bible and it speaks to them just like that. And they become saved. They cry out to the Lord. Isn't that amazing to open up the Bible and to take hold of that word. It is divine inspired. And it's profitable for instruction. We get instruction in the Bible. We get conviction um, for correction of error and restoration to obedience. You could be maybe out there not even realizing that you're being disobedient and all of a sudden you open up the Bible and it's like, whoa, that really spoke to me, right? And then we learn to live in conformity with God's will in reading his word, both publicly and privately, and that man, man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what he wants from us. So God never condemns us, but he brings us divine inspiration, instruction, conviction of sin, and he corrects us when we are disobedient and restores us to obedience. Think about how much you love your children. Are you going to correct them? Are you going to let them just get away with everything? No, you're going to correct them. Why? Because you love them. You love them. And you want the best for, for those children. That's the way God is with us. He wants the best for us. Why does he bring conviction? You see, I believe that when situations come up, I believe we need to say, Lord, convict me or vindicate me. And I pray that all the time. Lord, convict me or vindicate me. And believe me, he will, he hears that prayer. And he says, you know what? You want convicted. Wow, I am proud of you. I love when my children say they want to be convicted. Because that puts you on the path that God has for us, the divine destiny that he has for us. Because this life is not about us. It should be all about him. He had a plan. He knew us before we were in our mother's womb. He has a plan for us. And he has a great destiny for us. 
And many people, you know, I pray, Lord, if I'm on the wrong road, get me onto the right road. Because we can be walking the path that we think that we're supposed to be on. And all of a sudden, he takes us from that path and puts us on another path. Shows us, no, I have this for you. Now, you look at that and you, oh, I can't do that. That's right. (laughs) Not on your own, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, there are days when we feel discouraged. But when we open up to God's love letter, that's what I call the Bible. I call it God's love letter. Our spirits become lifted up and encouraged. So we can either choose to feed our flesh, not open up the Bible, or we can choose to feed our spirit by getting into his word. Now, another way we can hear from the Holy Spirit is through dreams. And I do not believe all dreams are from God. There are dreams that are very prophetic, and they'll look kind of like, whoa, what in the world was all that? But God will give you the revelation of that in his time. So that's why I say tuck it away. Write it down. Tuck it away. And if you haven't gotten the interpretation of it yet, just let it go. God God knows how to speak to us. He's not trying to figure things out like we are. (laughs) He's already got a plan and he's already got a purpose. Now, you remember when I had the dream of when my first book was written. I had no idea that I was going to write a book at that point. And all of a sudden I get this dream and these people are all around the table and they're all excited about this book and I asked to turn it around. I wanted to see it. I even saw the title, Touch Me, by Jenny Higemeyer. And I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and began, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing that book. You see, we don't have to worry. And, you know, I'm I'm speaking to myself. (laughs) Because we all need to hear that. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. Because he's got us. He's got everything in the palm of his hands. You don't have to be concerned about it. And then, when it came time for publishing that book, I spoke to different self-publishers, and just nothing was working out. And so I'm like, okay, God, what do you want? Money-wise, I didn't have a lot. You know, and Lord, what do you want? And so I talked to this guy and it seemed really good. But, uh, you know, is that what the Lord wants? Is this the company that I'm supposed to go with? Because I tried, I checked all these other ones and it just wasn't, it was too much money. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you, you show me. So I had this dream. Now, I haven't done this for a while and some of you may have not even seen this. But I was driving in a little vehicle by myself. And I had these little glasses. And you see, this was my itty bitty sight. I couldn't see anything. And I'm saying, I can't see, I can't see, I can't see. Well, of course not. Did you ever try these on? You can't see out of them. They're horrible. And all of a sudden, I picked up these glasses that were on the seat. 
and I could see. You see, that was my spiritual vision. This was my little natural vision. But this was my spiritual vision. And finally, I could see. And I was so excited because, you, you see, there was a bunch of traffic on the road. And I couldn't get out to that traffic because I couldn't see. There's a lot of traffic out there. There's a lot of things that we have the way of, okay, should we do this or shouldn't we do this? And so all of a sudden, because I could see, and you can see through these, believe me, and because I could see, I could get out in the traffic. I knew what to do. No longer was I with these little itty-bitty glasses. You see, these little itty-bitty glasses is like our little itty-bitty natural eyesight. But when you get into that spiritual, oh my goodness, such a difference. And you know what? It doesn't always make sense. Because God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It doesn't always make sense. And we're looking for sense. Oh, and, and especially somebody who's trying to figure everything out. You try to figure it all out, and you can't. But God showed me it was time. He will talk to you. The Holy Spirit wants to be with you. He is your friend. He is your confidant. He loves us, and he wants to be there for every area in our life. And when we're looking with our natural eye, we're not able to see with our spiritual eye. And that makes such a difference in our life. And it makes such a difference in all of our lives. We have to learn. Before we make a decision, we ask God. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What is it that you want me to do? And then we can hear him with an audible voice. That's more rare. But I have heard him audibly twice. And I told you before, when I was going through a separation, I heard an audible voice. And then after Fred and I were married, I think it was like 15 years after we were married, I heard, I'm calling you to the highways and the byways. And I knew that the highway was the church, but I did not know what a byway was. And it's a road not normally traveled. <laughs> how do you do? How do you travel a road that's not normally traveled? How, how do you stay on that road? Holy Spirit, listening to his voice. That's the only way we're going to do it. It didn't make any sense to me. But it doesn't have to make sense. I say so many times to the Lord, I don't understand and I don't even like this. <laughs> but I'm trusting you and I'm relying on you and I'm clinging to you because you don't call me to understand. You call me to obey. And that's where he wants us. You see, five years later, after he told me, I'm calling you to the highways and the byways, he birthed Promised Land Ministries. I didn't know what he was up to. 
I didn't know what he was going to do. See, if we can look at life as a journey, that we're just going along with our father, and he's the driver, we're not. But as long as we're driving, I remember praying with someone, and she had a whole, we were in a stage, uh, like a stagecoach <laughs> in a vision. And she's there, she's got the reins, and she's all excited, and Jesus is sitting beside her waiting for the reins. See, how many times is Jesus sitting beside you waiting for the reins? So many times we say, oh, I'm just waiting on God. Well, are you really? Are you waiting on God, or is he waiting on you? As years go by, more and more and more, and things still haven't changed inside your heart and inside your mind, are you waiting on him, or is he waiting on you? You see, I realized that I couldn't hear audibly all the time. I knew that I had to do something to be able to hear his voice. And I knew that I had to get closer. I had to lean in and listen. Listen for his voice and let the flesh go. We have to die to the flesh. We can't hold on to the flesh. We've got to die to it. I began to sit with the Lord. Began to put on instrumental music. And just soak in the Lord. And that's why we put that on here in church. Just get into his presence. There's nothing, you know, there are days that when I'm in his presence, I don't want to get out. <laughs> you get just a little itty bitty. I mean, all you get is this much down here. But you get all this up there in heaven. Amazing. You get all of him up there. Down here, we don't get all that. But we want more. And believe me, when he hears you say, I want more, I want more, he's right there. He's going to give us more. John 10, 27 to 30 says, The sheep that are my own, my own, hear my voice and listen to me. See, so many times we know that scripture, all oh, my sheep hear my voice, mm -hmm. but they listen to me. That's another part in this scripture. I know them. I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never, ever, by any means, perish, and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. The Greek word for hear means to hear in various senses. And the Greek word for know means thunder or roar. There was a song on that it was, whoo, the thunder. Remember that storm that came on right away with the cross? Thunder, roar. It says, hear his voice and listen to him. Listen means to make a conscious effort to hear. In other words, when we make a conscious effort to spend time with the Lord, we will begin to hear his voice, but we have to make the effort. Now, if Pam's back there and she's trying to talk to me, do I have to... Stand back here. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. No, I'm going to come up here, and I'm going to get as close as I can because I really want to listen to what she has to say. And that is what we have to do with, our, with the Holy Spirit. We've got to get close. 
Well, there are five senses. Hearing and knowing God is to become aware of all of our senses. So first of all, we have taste. Oh, we all know that scripture. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see. The Hebrew meaning for taste is perceive. (laughs) Perceive means to notice something, especially something that escapes the notice of others. Perceive it. Perception. Taste and see. Perceive. Is your focus on God or what others are doing or saying? And if you truly focus on the Lord, you will begin to perceive what God is doing. We'll all come together, united, united. As we are praying and seeking the Lord for this church here, to what the Lord has in store, we will begin to perceive those things together. It will be united, it will be unity. No more division. And then hearing and seeing is the other five senses. Genesis 3.10 says, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Why? Because he had disobeyed. Adam had disobeyed and he knew it and he was hiding from God. How many people are hiding from God because they know they're not doing what God wants them to do? Adam heard God's voice calling him, however he knew he had disobeyed, and he was hiding. (laughs) Instead of running to God, he ran from him and hid from him. Now, believe me, you can't hide from God. There's no way you can hide from God. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with a heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. There are many people that are blinded. Their ears have wax in them. They're dull of hearing, and their eyes are closed. They are blinded by the enemy. That's where we need to pray for them. Ask the Lord to remove those blinders. Ask the Lord to open up their spiritual ears to hear his voice. And then we have smell. And it says, in the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe into the exquisite fragrance around people that love the Lord you feel and you kind of smell that fragrance there's a fragrance the sweetness there's no stench you ever get around somebody who's really really into evil stuff you can smell that you can smell the evil so are we being the aroma for our family and our friends Do they sense that sweet-smelling aroma from the Lord? And how, how is it? Because we're pleasant, kind, and a gentle spirit. Does it cause them to want that? And then we have feel. And that's where Jesus said, Who touched me when the woman touched him? 
who had the spirit of infirmity for 12 years. And she touched him and he said, who touched me? Is Jesus saying that to us? Who touched me? Is that power? Do we feel that power? Do we feel his presence? Want more of him? Cry out. Cry out for more of him. And then we have thankful hearts. That's another way of hearing the Holy Spirit, being thankful. Just start thanking him. You know, okay, maybe it didn't go exactly what we wanted today, but what was good in the midst of that? Start with that and you'll get even more and more and more that you haven't even thought of because he is faithful. And then we have some spirits that just hang around. They're called familiar spirits. They're just hanging around. They come down generation to generation, behavior, situations. I had a situation years ago that I was sitting in my living room and I was so upset about it being winter. And I so focused on how cold it was outside that I could not function. I just had, I was sitting there freezing and it was in a warm house, but I was so cold because I was concentrating on the cold. And I heard the Lord say, thank me for winter. Do you think I wanted to thank him for winter? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I heard him say that. And so I obeyed. And so I began to thank him for the winter. And then he said, I will do things in the winter that I cannot do in the summer. And it wasn't long after that that I was asked to speak at a basketball game, of all things. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? God knew that. Now, to tell you that I love winter, no. But I can tell you I'm not dreading it like I used to. Because I start thanking him, not because I'm really excited for it, but because he told me to do that, and I know he told me to do that because what it does for me. Because then I'm not focused on the winner. What am I focused on? I'm focused on him and what he wants to do in the winter. So next week, we are going to continue on Do You Know the Voice of Holy Spirit? And I'm going to have Isaac put on instrumental I want you I really have been feeling this very strong that we need to start learning how to take time to hear from Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to have you take a couple minutes to ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him what familiar spirit has be has been creating havoc in your life that you've not recognized. And then begin to thank him for revealing those strongholds in your heart and your mind. And continue thanking him for all you have in your life. Be amazed at how he speaks to us.
He wants to speak to us. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes to just ask the Lord. This is between you and the Holy Spirit asking him to speak to you.